most Adam loves ERA and auto-tunes himself this way Paxton's regression screams Brooklyn's got a winning team Liam Hendricks, Brad Hand Mike Trout plays near Disneyland Stats from spring training Daily play is a rating What's the ceiling? Bank on ceiling Can I get up? Last preseason podcast Season starts on Sunday And welcome to the show Fantasy Baseball at CBSI.com is the email address You guys ready? Ready for, uh, for baseball? You guys got a big smile on your face this morning. It must have been a good night last night. Oh, we scammed the hell out of that league. That's <laughs> what we did. Fitting names. Oh, Scam. yeah. Uh, it was a good draft for us. We are very happy about it. Yeah. Scott uh, had, I would say, 75% of the control of the team. Uh, so that's being, uh, you know, I, I gave you a little more control <laughs> than that. I, I think... I think the way I broke it down, like the first third, I probably had a little more control. The second third, maybe you had a little more control. And the final third, it was probably an equal share. Adam, you're that getting... That would imply 50-50. I would ha- I disagree with that. <laughs> okay. but, you but are, <laughs> you're getting married soon. <laughs> yeah, I am. And um, I, need, I need to teach, Just Adam, teach you a little Adam. lesson about expectations. <laughs> I'm not getting married to Scott. You've got to be to I think I, I, From the stories I hear, I get the idea that you're doing a good job of setting expectations with your future spouse, and she knows what to expect from you. Yeah, that she does, yeah. You're not doing a great job of setting expectations with this team. Because if I had just looked at this team and said this is a 16-team league, I said, oh, that's, that's a pretty good team you guys drafted. But hearing the way you guys bragged about this team all night long. No, we killed it. And I was like, it's a yeah. Fun, it's, this is it's my favorite fine. team. This is my it's favorite team, team. I put like, together. You've got, a, you've got a lineup with Travis Darno, Pablo Sandoval, Mitch Hanniger, and Mike Napoli in it. Yeah, if you talk about the... F- for worst four yeah, players right? in mean, a lineup of that's a like 16 four, team that's league. Like I mean, 40% of your lineup. <laughs> yeah. Hanniger's only a fill until Ian Desmond's healthy, first yeah. of all. All right. Well, we'll talk more about that. And Hanniger's awesome, by yeah, the way. I have no problem with Hanniger. And Darno, I think, is going to be really good. And Scott didn't like Darno. So, you know, that was actually one one of the two picks that I got to, to make. Um, <laughs> no, nah, we, we, it was it was good exercise. It was fun. This and, side of uh, Adam wasn't around during the actual draft. I know, I know. Scott did a great job. I, I agreed with most of his direction, and uh, we, we came together and made a nice team. I want to thank everybody for participating in a three-hour draft last night. They actually went pretty quickly for 16 teams in 25 rounds? 24 rounds. 24 rounds. Never so. odd number of rounds. That's completely unfair. I agree with you. Uh, I want to ask you guys, who's the biggest spring riser since he started? Since we started this podcast, you know, we do it all year, but since we really got going, uh, who has risen the most? Blake Trinan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> since yesterday, Blake Trinan is the biggest. On a technicality, <laughs> I mean, Greg Bird is the one who comes to mind for me like that's that's obviously the biggest storyline yeah chris biggest riser uh, for you? i would say the player who's risen the most for me is james paxton but not necessarily because of what he's done in the spring so i'll go with greg bird too he's had a a ridiculous spring that has definitely jumped him up the charts spring faller heath biggest faller um biggest faller i will say steven matz yeah, so Matt's is going to be shut down for three weeks. That's the thing. I was looking at it last night, and I I took David Price like the hundred and eleventh overall pick, and Matt's just kept falling. And we get to like the fifteenth round of a sixteen team oh, league. Yeah, and we were talking about it. Yeah, and I was like, man. But then there's a big difference between David Price threw sixty pitches or played catch for three hours yesterday, and Stephen Matt's is not going to throw a baseball for three weeks. Right, right. Like the the vagueness. Of Matt's injury and the fact that he's had a Tommy John surgery before and he was down a lot of last year with an elbow injury. Surgery in the offseason on his Yeah, elbow. right, exactly. Like yeah, and he just got a PRP injection too. 
So, I mean... And he's not David Price to begin with, so, you know... No, I but know. I, I understand not, why Matt's is falling a lot. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's Zach Greinke. I'm just going to take a different approach to this. He's not injured, but there's... It, I feel like with Harvey, every time he pitches, we get a lot of media attention. We get a lot of, like, we sort of know where he's at. We sort of know what to expect from him. Granke, I don't know what's going on. The last time he pitched, he was not throwing hard. He didn't throw well. And the articles I read were like, well, Greg, Granke got his little tune-up. He's ready to go for the season. And I just don't feel confident in him, and I have not been willing to pull the trigger at all on Zach Granke. I'll go in a, in a similar direction and say Carlos Carrasco. Got shelled a couple weeks ago. They shut him down with elbow soreness. He comes back in his first start and looks terrible. Yeah, like we said, next year's bounce back candidate. Yeah. <laughs> so who's a follower for you, Scott? I think technically ranking wise, it's it's probably Harvey because I, I you know, I I've realized I'm able to move him down a lot in my rankings, but I'm still happy to draft him where I can get him. So it's kind of a weird choice. I, I think maybe just in terms of my perception of him is Aaron Nola. Okay. I wanted to see better. Okay. Especially after the rough finish. Now, you've done a lot of drafts, guys. I want to know who's the most important player on your fantasy team. On, on your fantasy teams. Like the one guy, if he has a big year, things are going to be good for you. Scott? Um, the, um, Isn't it Harvey? No, no. Because you get, I know you get Harvey so late that like he doesn't have to. It's Ian Desmond for you. Is it? I don't think it's Ian Desmond. Maybe, maybe I'm just thinking of all the mocks, but you took him in both of our podcast leagues. I mean, you could make a case for my my first two thoughts were actually Rick Porcello and Gene Segura because I have an actual investment in both of them frequently, and okay. so if if they just bottom out, and both have been pretty bad players in the very recent past. Sure. So, yeah, I, I, I was I I didn't want to take Porcello, but we got him a hundred and eighth overall. Yeah, seventh round in a sixteen team league. I don't yeah. think anybody can really. I can't. I couldn't dispute the value. All right, Chris, how about you? Most important players? I would say it's probably James Paxton. Um, once I started reaching for him and making getting him a priority and drafting him oftentimes as, you know, an ace for my staff, and I think he has realistic potential for that. And it's just if it doesn't work out or if he gets hurt, my teams could be in a in a rough way. That's somebody I wish I had. No, I wouldn't say more of. I would say some of. I don't have any James Paxton, and that that bothers me. Since I was the first one to love him, yeah, you guys sort of just stole that. Yeah, well, but like, and I, I you don't love him Val- nearly as much as I do. I picked him Not on now, Valentine's I Day. I, I don't have him in a single league. Yeah, well, I only got him Chris. in one mock. It's Chris's fault. <laughs> uh, Heath, how about you? Uh, there's three guys that I have on six of my teams this year: mm-hmm. um, Odubel, Taiwan, and Wade Davis. I think probably the most important is Taiwan. Not because I've spent too much on him, but just because I on a lot of my teams, I've got one, maybe two starters that I feel really good about, and then a lot of guys like Taiwan Walker. All right, guys. Well, good luck. And uh, let's see. Yeah, James Paxton. Going to have to make some trades for him. Um, and last thing, favorite format. What's your favorite format? We do standard Roto, head-to-head categories, head-to-head points. Scott, what's your favorite format? You know what I'm going to say. Yeah, head-to-head points. And for a lot of reasons, but the biggest one is that I think it rewards players in the fairest way. It it gives the best – it's the best representation of what makes a player good in real life also makes them good in fantasy. Chris? Head-to-head categories. He's – I would agree with Scott if we could just – fix the stinking win-loss problem in points <laughs> leagues. And because of that, I have to go with head-to-head categories. I think wins should be five points instead of seven. 
I've tried to equate 20 wins with, with 200 strikeouts. I feel like they're similar. Actually, 200 strikeouts is more common than 20 wins. But so it's maybe also it should be more some, like five but it's also six points. It's also more in a pitcher's control. Like 200 strikeouts is something a pitcher actually did. Yeah, I know. Yeah, wins are not completely random, by the way. No, you, you make they're it not a, completely. Yeah. But I, I kind of like the 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 fun of predicting wins. I I understand it's 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 you know it's kind of a garbage stat, but I'm kind of a traditionalist too, so it's it's not something I get. It's worked it's up a about. really bad stat. Yeah, I'd say head to head categories with quality starts and OBP. Like we were, we were talking a night. good example <laughs> that we were talking about Shelby Miller, how he's never been a top thirty starting pitcher. He had the one year where he threw two hundred innings with like a three oh seven ERA. But wasn't a top thirty pitcher because he played for a dreadful <laughs> Braves team that scored yeah. like fifteen runs all season he, when he, he went was on like, the mound. He went like six and yeah, seventeen he won six that year. Games, but <laughs> he, he was had a, a, an all star. Yeah, he had like a one twenty <laughs> ERA plus or something. He was yeah. really good. Can we all agree that standard roto, no head to head matchups throughout the season, just twelve teams compiling stats for a year is the worst? I get why pe- why people like it. I get why people who take fantasy baseball really seriously mm-hmm. like it because the best team will usually win. Yes. But that's a really easy formula for having half your league stop right. caring I, halfway through the season. Right. I think if you want to have a league where you're actually saying, I want to find out who drafted the best team this year, 12-team standard roto is the best way to do that. Yeah, like, I agree. Let's learn the lesson from fantasy football. Fantasy football is not the most popular fantasy sport just because the NFL is more popular. It's also the head-to-head matchups, the short season, the fact that anybody has a chance throughout the season – and what does everybody play in fantasy football? Head-to-head points. Yeah. I, well, yeah, but you're also talking about 105 points to win a game versus, you know, 600 or whatever it is for, no, for baseball. No, it's like you win with 250, 400. 300. No, not 400. Okay. You score 400, you're winning, and at least in our scoring. You're yeah, winning every time. Obviously, it depends on the scoring breakdown. <laughs> yeah, is. But that's a lot of points. All right, so um, look, we got to talk about, obviously, Blake Trinan. There's a lot of news. Jacoby Jones could be Detroit's center fielder. I need you guys to tell me about Yandy Diaz, who looks like he's going to be the opening day third baseman for the Cleveland Indians. We got news on Aaron Judge, Drew Pomerantz to the DL, uh, stuff like that. But also, we got four of us gentlemen in here. We all want to look good. It's important for us gentlemen to look good. You want to look sharp? You want an awesome suit at a ridiculously great price? Try Indochino, all right? I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com. And I can personally attest to the greatness of Indochino. I have, I just got like seeing me get all into these <laughs> reads, but seriously, I have- my favorite of your reads. I have a gray suit uh, from Indochino, and it's, it's no joke, it's by far my favorite suit. I have about seven or eight other generic off-the-rack suits that I've compiled throughout the years, and the Indochino suit is the only one I want to wear. So let me tell you the best part. Suits like this, they're usually 700, 800, even more than that. With our promo code FBT, like Fantasy Baseball Today, FBT, $389 for any premium made-to-measure Indochino suit. Go to Indochino.com, enter FBT at checkout. And this is a chance to customize, to personalize a suit that you're going to have for years. So you get any premium Indochino suit for just $389 at Indochino.com when you enter FBT at checkout. That's 50% off the regular pl- price, and shipping is free. So it's just awesome deal. Uh, Indochino.com, the promo code is FBT for any premium suit for just 389 with free shipping. I know we have a lot of New Yorkers, too. They have a store in the city. They have, I think, nine stores across the country or in North America, so you can check that out, too. All right, Blake Trinan uh, went for $19 out of $100 in our fab bidding last night. 
I didn't get him. I put in an $8 bid. I put in a claim for him in another league, and obviously did not get him because somebody with a higher waiver wire priority, which is why I like Fab. Those jerks. Got, uh, got Trinan. So obviously Trinan is actually the second most added player in our leagues right now. Uh, he's the and closer right now for the Nationals. Yeah, you know, he'll be, he'll be Trinan, but he'll be failing, I think, in the long run. Like, I understand adding him. He is the closer for a, what, you know, a top, top division club. Um, but like he was, he was the least inspiring choice of the three they were considering: Sean Kelly, Coda Glover, and then Trinan. You'd be a little um, hard on him. Yeah, let's he's, let's. He's, he had a two-two ADRA over seventy-three he's, appearances last he's year. He's Sam Dyson with In a control vacuum. problems. <laughs> yeah, he does have control problems. That's like the that, problem. he he's a huge ground ball pitcher, decent strikeout guy, but he walks a ton of players. That's, yeah. The the positive is he's going to be able to limit runs ideally because of his ground ball rate and the walk rate won't matter, but he's not going to be an elite ratios guy. I, I think he could he could be great just because of the team he plays for if he keeps the job all year. It's just like because he I don't think he was Dusty Baker's first choice. I think the front office talked him out of Coda Glover. Well I will say that like a month ago I remember John Heyman said Blake Trinan he predicted this. Yeah. So this is this is not completely out of the blue, but but he but Dusty Baker was talking about Coda Glover pretty glowingly, and, and, and Sean Kelly is the most effective pitcher they have. So I just feel like if Trinan, you know, a little bit more of a pitch to contact guy, a guy who is hurt sometimes by his control, if he has a bad week, like even if he had been, if even if he had a great first two months, he has a bad week that could end everything. They said they're going to give him some leash though. They I, said I, we really, don't want him looking over his if, shoulder. If he does what he's if, like, if he matches his career totals. In terms of ratios, he's probably not losing the job. I don't really know. It's funny. I don't know, other than save opportunities, what's so different about Trinan and eh, he's better than Rodney. But but you're worried about whip. Like Trinan had a 122 whip last year. It was 138 and 139 in his first two seasons. I, I would assume he's probably in in the drafts that are happening right now. He's probably being drafted well ahead of like AJ Ramos. And well, uh, where, yeah, like where would you put him with Ramos, Robertson, I Dyson? I put him, I think, a little behind Ramos. I yeah. put him behind. I, I have so little faith in his job security. I actually have him behind Neftali Feliz. Oh no! Like, no, come on! Sorry, I do. Wow. Yes, I do. Well, I don't know why <laughs> but, you would. Do okay, Trinan's Trinan's got a better. Team I don't want him pitching in a better park. He's a better pitcher, and he's a better pitcher. I, what what advantage does Neftali Feliz have? Uh. Lack of job options. Security. Yeah, job security. Yeah. I mean, the most important thing, the most important quality a closer can have is the ability to remain a closer. I don't know if that can overrule the other three, though. I don't I don't know that... Trin- I mean, Trinan's going to have a higher whip, probably, than Feliz. He'll probably have a lower strikeout total. Like, Feliz may have a higher ERA, maybe. Last okay, night... He did go behind AJ Ramos we last took night by two rounds, yeah. And we took Ramos, right? We no, we took him too. We took K Rod. Uh, we took I and we took and yeah, we took Holland. Among the the relievers, <laughs> he went in the same range, but after Greg Holland, Sam Dyson, Jim Johnson, Tony Watson, uh, Jim Johnson. But that's a different case because Scott was drafting. Cam yeah, Scott convinced me on that one. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, if that's where he's being drafted, and that sounds probably in the twenty to twenty five range at reliever. That's probably fine. All right. Blake Trinan's going to be 29 years old in June. Uh, 228 ERA last year. 31 walks, 63 strikeouts in 67 innings with a 122 whip. And he was really good 
down the stretch except for one outing, gave up five earned runs in one outing. If you look at the last three months of the season, though, the rest of the time, you take away that horrible outing. Well, that happens with the relievers. I get it. Um, he had he gave up four runs in, in 34 and, to third. And, and the, the path to success for him is Sam Dyson, the, the super high upside one, if he could improve his control, would be like a Zach Britton, like a poor man Zach Britton. Okay. Um, Jacoby Jones could be Detroit's center fielder. Any interest there? I mean, if you get points in your league for kickoff returns for touchdowns, <laughs> then I think somebody you have to consider late. All right, he's strictly AL only, right, Jacoby Jones? Yes. All right. Aaron Judge is the Yankees starting right fielder, and they, they want him to be an everyday player. So Aaron Hicks apparently is going to play against lefties, which means Ellsbury and Gardner are going to sit occasionally. Um, Judge starting right fielder, he, he improved this spring. He cut the strikeout. He still strikes out, but he cut the rate. Of course, it's not major league pitching all the time, uh, and he hit the crap out of the ball. So, Judge, uh, Judge or Holiday, stay, stick with the Yankees. Um, Holiday and points for sure. Yeah, uh, I guess if you're drafting that late, it depends on whether you want security, which I think Matt Holiday does bring. I think he's going to have a good season. Uh, but Aaron Judge has 35 homer upside. All right, Judge or Puig. 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 All right. Um, let's see. We've got Yandy Diaz, Cleveland third baseman, making the team. And oh, this is big because Jose Ramirez is going to gain second base eligibility pretty quickly. He's going to play second while Kipnis is out. But, yeah, Yandy Diaz batted four twenty nine this spring and good minor league numbers, right? Is he is Yandy Diaz someone we need to know about, pay attention to? His minor league numbers look very like Jan Hervis Salarte. Um, like... Which is not an insult, right? No, it's not an insult, but it's not someone you get excited about either. Jan Hervis Salarte is probably like 50-50 on getting drafted in most leagues. Um, but he's someone I would take a flyer on in AL only, well, this especially is, points. This could be short-term, though, right, when Kipnis comes back? How short-term? Yeah, Kipnis Three weeks? Uh, what I'm looking at, though, that really helps him out is he played a lot of games in the outfield last year. That's true. I do think they'll have some openings there. So I, I I think it's probably short term. I think you're right about that. It's just that if he hits and they want to keep him up, they can just move him to the outfield when Kipnis comes back. All right. It seems like Michael Brantley will start the season in Cleveland. He he might get a few more at-bats, uh, but, you know, w- without the big league club. But you're going to have Brantley early. Drew Pomeranz will begin the season on the DL. He's got this flexor strain. I mean, this is a guy who had a great year with San Diego, but it just – Seems like he's so injury prone, Drew Pomeranz. Big big issues there with his arm, but he still might make his first start of the year. However, Pomeranz will be on the DL to start the season. Yadier Molina, three year contract extension with St. Louis. Uh, oh, forgot about. Uh, well, first of all, John Heyman reporting that St. Louis could be interested in Jose Quintana. Be aware of all your White Sox if you're in an AL only league. Zach Wheeler is in the Mets rotation. He will have an innings limit this year. I read it could be around 120. Yep. Steven Matz, like I said, going to be shut down for three weeks after having the platelet-rich plasma <laughs> injection in his elbow. And Robert Gazelman is going to pitch the sixth game of the season for the Mets. So right now, Gazelman is technically the number five starter. Wheeler's the number four starter. Yeah. Th- th- like, and they- they're having Noah Syndergaard pitch the fifth game of the season. Yeah, they were going to have him pitch twice in the first week. But like, should should the Gazelman owner be concerned that w- if Matts comes back, that Wheeler is going to? I guess that, I guess yes. we, have t- we have time to play it out. We have time. Yeah, to play it out. yeah. I think you should definitely be concerned about that. 
What's your interest in in Zach Wheeler, who you know has had a, a nice ERA? Let me get the stats. He hasn't pitched in the big leagues since 2014, but in 2014 he threw 185 and a third with a 3.54 ERA, but a 133 WHIP. However, more than a strikeout per inning for Wheeler. Uh, what, what are we thinking about Zach Wheeler? I, I always have to like remove because you know I play in enough dynasty leagues that it's easy for me to get excited about Wheeler in that format, but just. You know, thinking from typical fantasy owner, single season format, I just don't think he's going to make that big of an impact. The innings limit would probably lead to early hooks. He might create early hooks himself because he's not a model of efficiency and wasn't this spring either. It's great that he's throwing 97 again. I'm just not that interested. Take Matt Moore and subtract 80 innings. I don't think it's that simple, but... I think it pretty much is. Like, they're they're kind of the same guy. I think think he's not a bad guy. To, like, I'm not going to draft Zach Wheeler for one of my five starting pitching spots, but I like the idea of having Wheeler on my bench because I don't think he's going to... I think he'll be useful until he has to be shut down. I mean, you'd, you'd rather have Arias on your bench than Wheeler, right? I, it's not yeah. even close for me. Well, I just... I don't... I think there's a chance that whoever drafts Arias is dropping him before that's, he's up. That's a problem. Yeah, you might have to. Like you get you get an injury on your team, you need you or you you know, you need to pick someone up. Arias could be somebody that you have to cut early. I mean, in our in our league I, last night with eight bench spots, no, there's no chance. And that's why I'd we much took him. Arias. And that's why okay. we took Arias. But if I've got okay. five bench spots, there's a, so you're just you keep you keep Wheeler around because there's a chance you might sneak him into your lineup in a two-start week or whatever. I, I think I might use Wheeler in a one-start week with a good matchup. There's a non-zero chance you're dropping Zach Wheeler as well. That's true. Yes. Like he's zero. There's a non-zero chance of everything. Sure, <laughs> there's a significantly higher than non-zero. He he's a two years removed from pitching in the majors. Could have some rust. Was struggled with his control and command early on. Who would you take a flyer on, Wheeler or Daniel Norris? Norris. Wheeler or Matt Boyd. Wheeler. Wheeler. I'm going Wheeler. Yeah. All right. Ricky Nolasco is going to be the Twins' opening day starter. Is there any sleeper <laughs> appeal with Ricky Nolasco? Chris is you mean the, the Angels? The angel. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, no, come on. He did no. have a really strong finish. He but did. Yeah. It's like you know. <laughs> I guess maybe an AL only. Can we go through the Angels because... rotation? You sure? Uh, Skaggs number two. Richards number two. No, Richards is number two. Richards, Shoemaker, Skaggs. That's not the it's worst not so rotation in baseball. They, I, I'm sorry. That's better than the Marlins. Are they starting their worst pitcher on opening day? Yeah, that's what I didn't understand. Why would they do that? Because it's it's just it's just another game. Like we make too much opening day starter. There's he has pageantry. to be the best one. Scott. I mean, I think Kyle it matters Hendricks, to the pitcher. Kyle Hendricks is technically the Cubs' fifth starter. Did you know that? I he's their fourth most talented. <laughs> <laughs> really? Actually, that's. La- you, you think Lackey's more talented? <laughs> no, he's their third most. He's their third no, most. but Lackey, before he turned 32 or whatever point, he th- decides <laughs> yes. everyone is terrible at. Oakland's going to use closer by committee to begin the season. Yeah. Like, Even though like, I needed saves, I didn't really consider Ryan Madsen. How long has that ever lasted? No, you're right. So who's, so who's the one to get if you were going to have a... a Oakland. Nope. It kind of lasted all season for them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, Matson got more than thirty saves, right? Really, he ended up with thirty in a well, league like we did last end. night, where you know every every closer has to get drafted. Is Madsen still the preferred guy in Oakland? Yeah. Yes, I think Santiago Casillas is probably second. He got exactly thirty saves last year. Wow. All right, let's look at the most added list here and see who people are adding. I mentioned Blake, Tr- Blake Trinan is number one. Or is number two. So who's number one? Danny Valencia. 
What? He's the most added player. That's stupid. Yeah, it's kind of gross. He's 55% owned. Really? Yeah. That's dumb. Can we just play some 2016 Scott White on David <laughs> Valencia right now, please? Only if we can play 2016 Scott White on Rich Hill. Because well, remember, the two of you were battling over both those yes. guys. What do the late second half stats mean or what do the, or the small sample size mean? Four starts for I mean, Rich Dave Hill. Lentia, yeah, and, and, and you guys both went one for two. Didn't yeah. hit that poorly last season. It wasn't mixed league viable. I don't think this is, uh, this is that ridiculous. Valencia, no, I don't either. he's going to be third base eligible and first base eligible. To be clear, I wasn't saying play that because Scott was so wrong. I was saying play that because Scott's opinion has changed so much on yeah, Valencia. Yeah, I think we're all higher yeah, like, on Valencia than Scott now. He hit well, 287 me. last year with 70 homers. 70 homers? 70 homers. <laughs> you got to get this guy in your mind. <laughs> so must, must add, but it was actually only 17 homers. Um, <laughs> now, the, the big thing is... His defense is such a disaster that it's hard to keep him in the in the everyday lineup, even though he's a good hitter. But and sometimes he now. punches teammates in the face. That's eh. kind of a problem, too. Eh. <laughs> but he's playing first now, right? He is playing first, yes. So that defense... I, the, they have Vogelbach in AAA, and it's, if he gives them any indication he's ready, he's going to be up. So I don't think there's any really like, this, long-term appeal to Valencia. Does this remind you of when Billy Bean said, play Scott Hatterberg at first base, even though Pena was the only guy who actually knew how to play first base on the Moneyball A's? No. I'm just referencing your... Uh... Just referencing your favorite movie ever, Moneyball. That was totally forced and not that applicable. But it's so a guy you, who doesn't know how to play first base. That they're what do you mean converting. Valencia doesn't know how to play first base? But he doesn't know how to play before. any position. He got He's never shown any evidence he knows how to play any position. And ultimately became the biggest movie star in the world. So <laughs> That's true. Uh, all right, so would you rather have Valencia or Sandoval? Valencia. I would rather have Valencia. Sandoval, for sure. For sure. Oh, two Scott hates Danny Valencia now. <laughs> Uh, there, I just don't. Uh, what's the upside for Valencia? What's the upside for Pablo Sandoval? Pablo Sandoval has been a seven must-start years option ago, he hit three hundred once. No, he's he's had more. He's had more years where the he was up- a fixture in fantasy lineups than just the one. The upside for Danny Valencia is twenty-five home runs and eighty RBI, and he's in a great lineup. Sandoval, it's so just Danny Valencia. So Danny Valencia. Mm, it's Val- not the Red Sox lineup. Come on. Valencia. Pablo Sandoval hit three fifteen in two thousand eleven and three thirty in two thousand nine. That's like, like his, but those weren't his. Those weren't the his, only years he mattered in fan. Those were his, his best years. His yes. best season was Barack Obama's first year in office. <laughs> wow, his his best season wouldn't look great in fantasy. You're, now. you're stating facts. And you make it sound like a relevant right, point. But every you're you're other arguing year, a completely different this concept. Is his from the last one I'm no, his Chris, last three years Chris. in his last three years in San Francisco, he hit two eighty. And averaged 14 home runs, 72 RBI, and 60 runs. He like and how many games? They play. There were seasons? a lot of missed games in there. He averaged 25 missed games per season. Well, all right, all right, forget it. This is obviously <laughs> deep league stuff. Um, but your argument right now is a little bit like Yasmani Money Tomas problems. It's a little <laughs> awesome. It's a little random. It's so awesome. <laughs> the Barack Obama, like it was a little. Random. Everyone loves it. it well, was, no, it's just to to show you to give you give you a sense of the timeline. That felt like a. Felt, feels like a whole lifetime ago, but I just, like, do we really think he's got 330 upside anymore? No. Do oh. we think he has 350 Was upside? I arguing he has 330 upside? Do, are we sure he has 280 upside at this point? Yes. Yes, we we saw him at 280 last year. I'm, I am. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, I'm moving on. Uh, Greg Bird is the number three most added player, 89% owned in CBSSports.com leagues. Keon Broxton, 77% owned. He's fourth. 
Brandon Drury is fifth, 67% owned. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, he's starting. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> we should pick him up. Drury's better than either Sandoval or Valencia. Yeah. Can we all agree I think to that's that? that's fair. Okay. Probably. Kendall Graveman is 36% owned. I'm guessing he's going to be a two-star two pitcher. Two-star pitcher, that's Week the only, one. yeah. Uh, Ryan Healy is 76% owned. Uh, okay. Tyler Skaggs, 65% owned. Charlie Morton on the most out of list. He's 25% owned. And, yeah, he's got, I guess, deep sleeper appeal. Mm-hmm. Tommy, I like him. Tommy Joseph is 66% owned. Just seems I, like a weird time to be out I'm him. not sure why Tyler Skaggs is 76% owned, you said? Tyler Skaggs is 65%, 65 yeah. owned. I don't get that. does Pro- seem a little high. Prospect, you know, uh, former. Uh, yeah. Helixson, I was just looking at Helixson today because I had to pick a two-start sleeper for week one. Obviously, there's not many because it's mostly studs. I picked Helixson. He's 59% owned. It seems like I, I would guess Helixson would be higher owned than Skaggs given the way their last season went and the way this spring has gone for Skaggs. Yeah. Coda Glover's on the most added list uh, at 48%. And if you want to speculate on closers, I guess Glover's is not a a terrible guy to speculate on. Hyunjin Ryu, 30% owned. Um, Brandon Kinsler, 57% owned. Kiermaier, 83%. Patrick Corbin, Patrick Corbin, 32%. Hyunjin Ryu, 30%. Who would you guys rather own? I'd rather have both than Skeggs. Corbin or who was the other one? Ryu. Ryu. I ra- Corbin. I rank them Corbin, Skaggs, Ryu. I may be a little, I may be being a little too careful with Ryu because I know the velocity is not all the way back yet, but he has had a, very encouraging performance otherwise. Chris Owings is on the most added list, and he's 57% owned. Oh, yeah, he's going to start. Yeah, that's what's, up that's with what's that? happening here. People, it, He's a bad hitter. Some yeah. speed, though? It, he's not a worse hitter than Ahmed, Nick Ahmed. No, but Nick Ahmed's not 57% owned. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I meant for sure, fantasy. Sure, sure. Owings, <laughs> Owings stole more than 20 bases last he year. He did, he did. And yeah. he's dual eligible. Uh, Wellington Castillo is 86% owned, Michael Brantley 93%, and Francisco Liriano is also on the most added list at 71%. Keep adding. Keep going. Get it up yeah, to 89. Should, probably it, should be closer 89 to the goal? 89 is the goal. Okay. So, <laughs> I don't know why. We have 11% Kevin, of 10 team leagues. Kevin, uh, so uh, today on the show we're, we're going to, you know, we're halfway through, but I want to read some emails. I definitely want to do that, but we got to give you week one advice, right? And, and Chris wrote a story on batting orders, and I like to favor Chris's columns. You know, right. I, like I said, True. we were going to do Heath's Deep sleepers. sleepers. Never no chance. Gonna happen. No chance. I'm you not 100% sure we're going to get to the batting orders, but I do have it in the Well, notes. it's Chris's. I would assume we will. Um, so, you know, we did a 16-team league last night. We have some tips for drafting in deep leagues if you're still going to draft tonight or tomorrow. Uh, but I think I think focusing on draft stuff is probably not going to help many people. But focusing on our newest sponsor is going to help people. Honestly, it's really cool stuff. Movement Watches. And when I say movement, it's spelled out M-V-M-T. But Movement Watches is the world's fastest-growing watch company. And if you visit the website, you're going to see why. We're talking high-quality, minimalist products at revolutionary prices. Go to mvmtwatches.com slash fbaseball. That might be a lot to remember. So mvmt, like movement, watches.com slash fbaseball, like fantasy baseball, uh, and you're immediately going to get 15% off an already outstanding price. So movement watches, these are really beautiful watches. They start at $95. I actually didn't realize how expensive watches are, but... Department stores, 400 500 bucks for watches. And then obviously you want like, you know, Rolexes could be more than that. But Movement figured out by selling online, you cut out the middleman and retail markup, you get the best possible price. And they've sold over 1 million watches in over 160 countries. So be part of this. 
Take a look at mvmtwatches.com slash fbaseball. Get 15% off today with free shipping and free returns. What more do you want? So now's the time to step up your watch game. mvmtwatches.com slash fbaseball. Join the movement. Chris, batting orders. Yeah. We, I, like some of it we've talked about. Schwarber, um, batting leadoff. Uh, but what were some of the more interesting batting order things? Uh, well, one of them may not actually be all that interesting. Mitch Hanniger bats second, was batting second in like their final tune-up game for the spring. Turns out that might just be a matchups dependent thing for the Mariners. Ger- Gerard Dyson seems likely to hit higher in the order against righties, so keep that in mind. And also keep in mind that batting orders change constantly. Yeah. And based on the way Gerard Dyson has hit throughout his career, I don't see a justification for him hitting second. I can, uh, see, that. Against, I can see that changing. He has a 329 career on base percentage against right-handed uh, pitching, which is fine. That's fine. And you, can, you can live with he that. That's fast. actually above average at this yeah. point. It, it, I don't know how much. I mean, Scott Service is only in his second year managing, right? So I don't know how much of a traditionalist he is. But obviously the traditional leadoff hitter is just a really speedy guy. Doesn't mean that's the way it should be, but that's the tradition. Yeah, and I feel like um, he would say something like Gerard Dyson handles the bat really well, knows <laughs> when to give himself up for the team. That's what he would say. Yeah, yeah. lay down a sacrifice bunt, so, pull a ball to the left side to move a runner to third. This is just that Yost quote. <laughs> probably, probably the more interesting one would be uh, someone that we talked about recently, Delano DeShields batting leadoff for the Rangers. If that sticks and. Team scam. Yeah, 344 on base percentage in 2015 uh, with 25 steals. I so. loved him so much before last year. He, uh, I think he's got a chance. The line of the shields. So, like, so I, you know, this was Scott and I were talking. I want the line of the shields. I want the line of the shields. I kept saying Scott was like, I think I may have overhyped the line of the shields a little bit for you. <laughs> when you're asking me in round 12, yeah, we ended up getting him much. much no, later. I didn't want him in round 12. I think I probably. Mentioned him in round twelve, yeah. but not to t- be taken. There. He is just poo-pooing all over your contributions. <laughs> no, to this we team. made. Yeah, we no, he's made saying this picks. was the when, best team, but only because of what when Scott he picked Scott. Travis Darno, oh, he no. said Adam wanted him thirteen rounds ago. No, Adam mentioned him thirteen rounds ago. That was the cat. Look, Travis Darno. I seriously want to talk about this. His Travis Darno going into last year, <laughs> we liked Travis Darno because yeah. what he did. He's always hurt. I know that's the worst part of Darno, but what he did in two thousand fifteen was pretty good. And he was show- and like Travis Darno was part of the young top prospect R.A. Dickey trade, Packer, right? He came yeah. over with Cindergard. Okay, so yeah, so there's was- reason to like Darno. He had a terrible year last year. He's bad defensively. Can't throw anybody out. I get it, but he's got like a 950 OPS in spring. Changed and I just, his changed his swing and changed his approach. I just to think play. it's way too early to give up on Darno. This Agreed. was a 16 team league, and we were the last person to take a starting catcher because we actually I think Ramos he's a top him. 16 catcher. Like it would not surprise me at all if Travis Darno was on the most added list. Very early in the season, I just like Austin Hedges more. That's I don't know where he's batting, giving you a hard time. But um, what were we what were we talking about with the Shields? No, the Shields. Did we overhype him a little bit? Because I I've been uh, kind of going crazy trying to get the Shields. Yeah. I now have him in three leagues. Well, I think because you 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 act like you want him in every league. That's why I every said, every category is a roto, league, right? Not a, not a points league. And I think roto especially. I mean, when you have five outfielder slots versus three in the league we were playing in last night, well, when, you, when it's only three outfielder spots, like you kind of have to make every one of those hitters. Here's spots one count question: Just a pure ask. speedster. Listen, you can't. Uh, this is another thing. Like I know your theory, you got to make every hitter spot count. Uh-huh. I don't think it applies in a sixteen-team league. 
Like th- everything changes in a 16-team league. A 16-team three I outfielder mean, league is almost as deep as a five outfielder 12-team. We league. were able to draft the Shields for our bench, so it's kind of irrelevant. Eighty percent is deep. Like we. We we got we got both of we still got the shields like you wanted. We didn't get him in our starting lineup like I wanted. So that's Guys. that's fine. Yeah, like you didn't want him in the starting lineup. No, forget about our team. I'm saying the shields. Did we overhype the shields? I think he's pro. If you view him as like a borderline top fifty outfielder, I think that's okay. All right. It's. Would you rather okay. have him or Rajay Davis in a roto league? Him. Rajay Davis leading off for the Athletics. Uh-huh. Stole 43 bases last year, led the American League. Probably a better bet to steal more bases. Yeah, he's safer. Than he's safer. Yep. Delano DeShields. I'm, yeah, I'm he played go the entire season and stole 25, or 120 like, games and played 25. I think it's the Matt Holiday Aaron Judge debate. Like, I would guess that there's a higher probability that Rajay Davis is a better year than Delano DeShields, mm-hmm. but DeShields has upside that Davis doesn't have. Like, if, if DeShields can. can hit well enough to stay at the top of the Rangers lineup, if he shows the kind of on-base ability he did this spring and two years ago, then you're talking about a guy in lead, batting leadoff in that lineup who may well reach a 100-run score, maybe even exceed it. Right. But, like, there's also a chance he has a terrible April and we never hear from him again. And so. unlike Greg Bird, who's obviously a big spring riser, if you're going to get DeLine or Shields, you get him at a point where if you, dro- if you end up dropping him, you're fine with it. He's a bench guy. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, sorry, Chris. I keep interrupting you. Your columns are the most important. So uh, batting order <laughs> stuff. <laughs> uh, I think another really interesting one, and this is one that I think is interesting in a really bad way, is Jason Worth batting second for the Nationals. That seems like it's going to happen. I think we've seen Adam Eaton bat as low as sixth seventh. for the Nationals. He's at seventh, which is just it's dumb. They have. Of their five best hitters, I think Adam Eaton is definitely one of them. I think he's – and three of them are lefties, so I get that they don't want to just put lefties at the top of the lineup. But if you want to break them up, bad Adam Eaton first and Trey Turner second instead right. of Jason Worth second. Or who, Anthony Rendon instead of Jason Worth. Sure. J- yeah, that's the thing is that Jason Worth – So we're not looking at this news and saying, okay, we should get Jason Worth. I, it might be enough to make him mixed league viable in a five outfielder league. Was he drafted last night? I don't. I'm pretty recall, sure he was. But while you're looking that up, Alex Gordon is also in Chris's column, batting leadoff for the yep. Royals. He was not. Hmm. Is is Alex Gordon a better? He's better than. Uh, he's better than Worth. Yes. Yes. Is Gordon better than, let's say, Hunter Pence? That's really close. I think he. I think he very well could be. Yeah. He doesn't um, deserve to be drafted ahead, though. I mean, after the I've got him had, behind Pence. Yeah. All right. Um, all right, the rest, if you want to see it, go online. Go to cbsports.com slash fantasy. And every week, we have hitting advice, pitching advice for you. Why don't you guys I, – I actually don't even know editorially what's in store this year. I know things change. So why don't you tell us what we can expect online? Uh, every Thursday, there will be a things to know column for the upcoming week that includes the, the latest injuries, the latest storylines, uh, schedule preview. That'll be for me. Scott, you will be doing... Yeah, I will rank all the two-star pitchers for the upcoming week on Fridays, and also I will give you the top ten sleeper hitters on Friday. 
on Fridays. I will be writing it on Friday. I don't think I will have it for the podcast on Friday. You'll have some of it. Well, it's it's okay. We don't really talk about the things that you write <laughs> yeah. so much. Yeah, uh, we'll definitely talk Chris's, about the things to know. <laughs> the things, we'll, do, we'll do Chris's uh, piece on Friday, probably. On Wednesday, we'll have a trade value piece, which is something new that we're doing oh, this fine. year. Because Wednesday is, is great, the trade day on the podcast. Well, we, we will have a trade value piece. Chris will do that every other week. I'll do it every other week so we can talk about it every other week. Um... <laughs> We'll have waiver wire every single morning. Mm. I'll have a regression piece and a. I'm going to do the roto fixes once a week starting in May. So, all right, great. So, do you want to talk about hitting or pitching right now, Scott? For I, week one, I I can talk a little about it. Yeah, yeah. Let's. Um, what's week one looking like? I mean, how many games? How many teams are playing five games? How Baltimore. many teams are playing seven? Yeah. Baltimore is the only team that does not play at least six times this so week. So sit Machado. And that's in Chris's thing. <laughs> no, <Snowball>. um, <laughs> Don't sit Machado. No, don't sit Machado, but may, who's You don't fr- sit Machado. Who's a fringy you Oreo? don't hit – I don't think you sit Chris Davis, and I don't think you sit Mark Trumbo. No. Those are the three guys on that lineup especially who have the best chance to make up an entire week's worth Do you of sit Wellington Castillo? <laughs> that I think Castillo and Adam Jones. Um, Adam Jones in a three outfielder league, I could see thinking about it, but I he'd probably like I'd, he'd probably I, still. The make thing the with Adam Jones me. is at this point he's he's a compiler. Right. His best value is that he's in the lineup every day. He doesn't walk, so he gets a bunch of at bats. Yeah, but what's the caliber of outfielder you'd sit him for? For for instance, the Rockies I think have the best hitting matchups yeah. this year. They're at Mil- Milwaukee for this week. and this yeah. year they just play <laughs> half their games of course. Yeah. This is true. They're at Milwaukee, the best home run park for four games. Then they're home Colorado, um, and they're Gerardo, not facing good pitchers. Gerardo Parra coming off a good spring. They have seven like, games. Yes. Yes. Her, oh. Would you would you bench Adam Jones for Gerardo Parra? I think you'd only even consider it in a points league, and because the the roster size is so small, like who are you going to drop to pick up Gerardo Parra? I just don't think. I don't think that, I would do it, but, but if you're in a league and like, uh, I, I sometimes we sometimes we assume that people are only playing in like twelve team three outfielder leagues yeah. and or twelve team five outfielder leagues, and there's nothing in between. But if you're in a league where you need someone for week one, like Gerardo Parra could be could be a nice addition to your lineup this week and not and he could be a guy that just yeah. gets added. Yeah, he He's, could be a, a guy who hits 300 for the rest of the season. He will be. I'm I'm very confident saying Gerardo Parr will be in my top 10 sleeper hitters for this week, but it's it's always difficult to couch you know the the sleeper hitters in a given week. Like how how actionable is that advice? Well, I, I feel like them, in fantasy baseball generally speaking you start your best hitters and don't worry about it. There may be that lineup spot or two every week that you're kind of well, uncertain this is, about. This is for the Indesman owner. Is, this is, is for the you know the J.D. Martinez owner. Yeah. Uh, you need somebody and you're just not feeling who you have. Right. Is, is Mark Reynolds going to play every day? Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. he's a sleeper too. Um, I would say Tony Walters is a sleeper for this week. Those are really the only three Rockies hitters so you could get away with calling a sleeper. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anybody else uh, that we should be looking to pick up for week one? Um, Why Jeremy Hellickson is probably the best two-star pitcher who is not widely owned already. Uh, Graveman, what did you say Graveman's ownership like 36%. percentage was? 36 So he's still widely – I don't think he's as good as Hellickson, but he's facing – Oh, we're on the pitchers now. We're on the two-stars. One thing I, yeah. that I think is, is worth noting that I noticed is um, the Tigers do not play a day – a night day back-to-back. They don't have any games where they play a night game followed by a day game. They're all day games until I think the 14th or something like that. Wow, um, that's crazy. So it's too cold in Detroit to play. It makes night right it 
more likely that Miguel Cabrera is going to play every game. Is that a serious answer? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, I don't know specifically this week if it's going to be this cold, but you you do not want to be playing night games in Detroit in early. Yeah, April. and they're they're in Cleveland, I think, to open the season. They're also those games are all during the day, but yeah, I think until the second Friday of the season, they do not have a a night game, and I think that probably makes Victor Martinez and Miguel Cabrera. Uh, less likely to take a day off because I, I was thinking with Miguel Cabrera's back maybe he gets a couple days yeah, off but you can't it. sit him like no no, no yeah way. that's that's what but I'm, it's but, nice to know but um, maybe a boost for Victor it Martinez. is currently 39 in Detroit so <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> uh, man Heath. I don't have the two star pitchers in front of me just because uh, I'm in the yeah. office I don't have my second computer but well and, and they're not like I, I had to do a lot of like speculation to come up with um who I think every two-star pitcher will be. This is kind of just my own personal opinion. Other guys who may not be universally owned, Junior Guerra, is, is he actually is set to start opening day for Milwaukee. Uh, but, you know, Colorado the first time through. and um, he, he has had such a bad spring. He has. Uh, he's what, lost a lot of his appeal. Second time through, he's facing the Cubs. So, like, I, no, you know, you'd have no to thanks. be pretty desperate, I think. And that's, that's kind of true for all the two-star pitchers. Irvin Santana gets Kansas City – and uh, and the White Sox, so he's pretty. I good. don't hate that. that. Yeah, he's week two is going to be a lot more interesting for two star pitchers because this week it's basically just every opening day starter yeah. gets two starts and mm-hmm. maybe a couple of number twos. But for the most part, you're looking at aces and Ricky Nolasco. Is there anyone that's getting skipped this week? Is Gazelman going to make a start? This Gazelman week? will make a start games? this week. They yeah. have six games. Most, I I don't think there's going to be too much skippage going on this week i the the white Sox, even the white Sox need a fifth starter they're talking about going like david holmberg on saturday or something there's like because the the orioles are the only ones who i think can go with the four-man rotation since they're the one team playing five games um now i think next week we might see more skipping happening but this week i don't think there's going to be too much of that but i'm sorry to bring this up i just i feel like the yankees are definitely going with a four-man rotation yeah, I, I think here. every okay. team has a day off this week. So a lot of teams are gonna um, are gonna go four man. I, I think I think several teams are gonna go four man. And I, have I don't think ace. that many are. I, I really no. don't. I, I, the Yankees might because the way their off days line up. Uh, most most teams off day is Sunday. It's the it's the first day of the season or Tuesday. Oh, and the Yankees play Sunday. Uh, well, every team has a second off day, but most teams' first off day is Sunday, which doesn't really help with spacing out your sure. rotation but the yankees are one of the three games happening sunday um and so they get monday off and then they get thursday off okay. and so that may allow them to go for man all right uh who are the padres playing this week is there a one-start pitcher against the padres that might be good for fantasy dodgers and giants um that will be the back end of the Giants they're rotation so high end Right. Brandon McCarthy and Matt Cain are the only two that wouldn't be universally owned. Brandon McCarthy's going to have a great start. Bold prediction. Brandon McCarthy's going to have a domination start. Five and two-thirds of shutout bowl. He'll get you a quality start. Six innings, one run, eight strikeouts. Brandon McCarthy. There you go. All right, so I, I, mean, Brandon McCarthy. I, I imagine most people have a more exciting one-start option to go with than Brandon McCarthy, but... I would you think could, so. You could do worse if you're forced into that situation. So is there anything you guys want to talk about from last night's draft? 16-team uh, league, lessons learned. We had the 12th pick. We went with Kershaw. You guys, Kreeth, had the 15th pick. And 
I made a funny joke that you got arrested last night by the oh. Karma Police. Like the song. At the Radiohead concert, yeah. They didn't play that one. What? No. <laughs> they well, didn't play like one of the two Radiohead songs that I know? They did not I play. will say that, uh, like a creep, you two were just a little bit too complimentary of each other throughout the draft. I would say I ended I'm up so, I'm looking, sorry we got along. I ended up looking at my roster, and it was a real letdown. <laughs> really? Oh, man. <laughs> really? No, that's just a Radiohead song. That's oh, Chris okay. loves our team. Loves. So you guys went – you went – with the RP strategy. Yes. What's your pitching staff? 16-team, head-to-head categories, like no innings minimum. No innings minimum. We've got Zach Britton. And by the way, seven pitcher spots. Start Seven that you start. Right. We've got Zach Britton. I'm not going to do these in the order. So Fine. Greg Holland, Nate Jones, Roberto Osuna, A.J. Ramos, Blake Trinan. And then we've got some starting pitchers as well. Okay. We took David Price at pick 111 overall. We've also got Lance Lynn, Jose De Leon. Lucas Giolito and Blake Snell. This so who are we going to drop Lucas Giolito for in two weeks? And who are you going to drop Blake Snell for? <laughs> um, we don't have to drop anybody because we just put David Price on the disabled list. Yeah. So you get a free pickup, Chris. You can pick up oh, whoever you want. Since I took that, Lucas wow. Giolito with like the very last pick of our draft. Wow. If you think somebody we should have taken somebody else, you can take them now. Now I'm gonna. This is gonna be interesting. I, I want to see how you guys do with this RP strategy. And there are only seven pitching spots instead of like. Eight or nine, and maybe that means you get one bad appearance from a reliever, and you might not win WHIP or ERA that week. Yes, yeah, that's always the risk with that, this kind of strategy. That is a possibility, but, but if, more of a risk when there are fewer spots. If you've got six, and if you've got six relievers that are closers, and maybe Nate, Nate Jones won't be for the first two months of the season, but oh, you'll I, win saves. I think you're looking at. An average of two innings per guy per week? Probably an average of three. Probably, yeah. I would no, guess, because what yeah. most pitchers pitch 70 to, to 70. I would say most right, closers are like 60 to 70. Other relievers innings. get 70 to 80. So you're talking about 15 to 18 innings out of those guys? Mm-hmm. One bad outing's not going to kill you. It's going to take two. Yeah, there might be two. All right, well, we'll see how it works. You know, we could sit here and speculate. We'll actually get to see it in action. Uh, and, and how this strategy works, which I think will be very helpful on the podcast. But we obviously went hitter heavy early, and that's why we went with that strategy. Yeah, we we won't go through our teams or anything like that. But um, in the deeper league, Scott's got something to say. It, it's... No, no, I, I was going to let it. Like I, I feel like the quality of closers you had to get, you you couldn't go that hitter heavy early. You had to spend on closers while people were spending on starters. Uh, we took our first five picks were all hitters. Okay. And I believe seven of our first ten, and then both eleven and twelve were closers. I'm not so sure that seven of our first our first ten weren't hitters. They absolutely were. In yeah. fact, I would say. But your first five were not, obviously. We, well, we Kershaw, took Kershaw first, and then four hitters: Kershaw, Encarnacion, uh, Segura, Polanco. I'm forgetting one. Um, I don't. It does. It you know, maybe Hamels was our fifth round. Pick. I think our lineups are relatively similar. Um, except for, like, we're just weak at different positions. All right, this is what I wanted to say, just to give, you know, for a deeper league. Scott and I wanted to make sure we had strong starting pitching because it's not it's not the deepest. Like, there is a point where, oh, my gosh, Jason Hamill just went. There's almost nobody left that we like. You know, like, there are some really bad pitchers that we thought were, you know, being taken or, or still available. So I think we have the strongest starting pitching, and that was a priority for us. That being said... 
we don't really have a lot of like bench depth. We're not going to be able to just stream guys. But I remember in this 16-team league last year, I missed the playoffs. I think I was 8 or eight or 9 out of 16. And my biggest issue was I could not find a pitcher to save my life. Like Garrett Richards got hurt. My pitching staff was a mess for, for the entire year, for at least the second half of the year. And there was nothing on waivers. No, there won't be. A 16-team league, yeah, you're – yeah, you can't fill your pitching staff out that way. The, the only pitchers who will be there will be ones who will just completely drain your ratios. I do want to kind of clarify what you said because it's not like we went – I don't feel like we went pitcher heavy here. We were just – we just made sure not to go pitcher light, and we were very careful about the kind of pitchers we took. We didn't yeah. want them to be ratio drains. Okay, so uh, I, you know what? Who cares? I want to read emails. Let's hear from the okay, people. Yes. Fantasy Baseball at CBSI.com. This is from Jason. Jason wants to know about Charlie Morton, Michael Waka, and Alex Cobb. How would you rank Charlie Morton, Michael Waka, and Alex Cobb? Waka, Waka Cobb, Morton. Cobb, Morton. Yeah, I agree. Though, like when, when it gets to the point where you take Morton, he's the most excited of the ones I am to take. Like I think he has the best chance of exceeding his draft position. If Cobb has a good year, actually, that question I asked at the start of the show, who's the guy that would you know make your teams or whatever, Cobb might be – I think I have three teams with Cobb. So I'm hoping – he was like a 250 ERA guy, wasn't he? Maybe that's a little <laughs> low, but 280. No, he, he used to be a guy we ranked in the top 25 starting pitchers. What are you hoping for, 160 innings out of him? Can I get 170? Maybe. That'd be nice. That's possible. Uh, this is from JT in Nevada. Dear Leon, Mark, Eric, and Anthony. I feel like Chris would know that. Yeah, Chris. Who is it? Hit the Google, huh? Yeah, I don't know that one. Leon, Mark, Eric. Go ahead. Bold prediction from JT. Kyle Seeger better than Corey Seeger. That's bold. I think it's I think it's a possibility. Um I don't know if you factor in position scarcity that I could buy it without injury, but just like the raw numbers, I I think it's plausible. He was as good as Corey Seager from May first on. Yeah, he did have a, Kyle Seager did have a terrible April last year. I remember there was some talk, yeah, about dropping him at the time. Hopefully, you didn't. Did we figure out who Leon, Mark, Eric, and Anthony are? No idea. All right, this is this one I actually know from Mike in Detroit. Dear Patches, Peter, Steve the Pirate, and Justin. That's dodgeball. Dodgeball. Grade the trade. I give up Mike Trout. Uh, it's an F. Now I give up Mike Trout. I get Mookie Betts and Cyrus Davis. A. BS. That's an A. There is no <laughs> trade. Yeah. There's almost no trade in the world that involves giving up Mike Trout and gets you an A. When you get the second best player and yeah, the like sixth round pick, I'll I'll call it a C though. Like a it's C. like I don't. Like this is this is a trade where I could at least think about giving up Mike Trout. Oh, I think it's I think it's at least a C plus. I mean, it's a win, isn't it? Not necessarily. So you're arguing with the A and you're arguing with the C. I don't think it's, it's an even C, but I don't think it's an A. An A is like great trade. I don't like, think this is a great. This would be a B minus to trade. Yeah, like if if, my, if Mookie you... Betts is who he exactly who he was last okay. year, then it is a great trade. Let's, it, no, let's, no, if Chris let's, Davis was exactly let's who he was last year, it's a, it's a bad trade. Let's simplify this. Let's <laughs> Actually, do no, it yeah. the way we That's do the trade fair. chart, or the way we're going to do the trade chart. What would you have paid for Mike Trout in an auction league? Forty six, um, fifty. But what I, would you trade? What would you have paid for Mookie Betts? Forty four. 
So would you, so would you have traded? <laughs> would you have would, paid six dollars? I would. That's why I would. That's why I give it a B. That's why I give it a B minus. I don't think. That way. I don't think trades work that way because it, with the trades you have the foreknowledge of what your replacement level player is going to be. The start of an auction, okay, you kind of have to conserve dollars differently. We don't know that. Yeah, but I, he gave us some context. I, actually, like I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to assess someone else's trade in a way I wouldn't assess my own trade. I that's would so do this trade, but. Just like, I don't think it's a slam dunk. Just because Chris Davis is honestly, if, if that were Jose Abreu, I would feel a lot better about it because Davis could be so bad. Yeah, like, and it's, then it's, you just traded Trout for Betts. I, the, I guess my point in why, like, it might not be worth giving up Mike Trout is like, there's a chance Chris Davis and does he say how deep this league is? No, and I'd the, like the, to move on. Okay, well, there's. <laughs> There's a chance Cyrus Davis and Abreu in a standard 12-team league just are not really putting you ahead in, at that position. They're just like at the first baseman everybody else has. So what was the point? Yeah, I know. I know. All right, uh, this is from Dane. Dear Theodore Thomas, Abraham, and George. Oh. No. They're presidents. Oh, uh, Rushmore. Yeah. Mount Rushmore. With not the, the movie Rushmore. With the reason... <laughs> All right, so is he saying... that uh, Dane is saying that Alex Bregman is batting second. Is that true? Uh, yes. I believe it is currently true. All right. It's so... Springer, Bregman, Altuve, Correa. Oh, wow. Not as many plate appearances on my points league team as I thought then because I have Correa. Um, all right. With the recent news of Bregman hitting second, how far, if at all, does he move up your third base rankings? He hit second last year. <laughs> I had him so high to begin with. I think he hit 43 out of his 48 games number two, so I don't think it changes much at all. I could move him up a little bit in my points league top 300, but there was I had a gap between the, the tier right in front of him, so he wouldn't he wouldn't move up past Kyle Seeger. Yeah. Alright, Bregman. But Alright, real quick. I've had, this is like the 17th time I've asked this. Bregman or Beltre? Bregman. Beltre. Bregman. Next question is from Robert Galvin from Fullerton, California. Long-time listener. Hey, Sandy, Fernando, and Clayton. Those are Dodgers lefties. Yes. Getting ready for a draft, stumbled upon a potentially troubling stat. Max Scherzer's strand rate was 81%. Does that concern you at all? Scherzer, 81% strand rate. I would need to see what his strand rate has been in the past. I would guess it's always been really high because he's the type of pitcher who gives up a lot of home runs, and it doesn't really matter because they tend to come with the bases empty. He was 79.6% the year before. So, okay. no, I he's consistently been, since becoming Max Scherzer with, like, capital letters on both of his names, he's been 75 to 77%, Here's even an email. in the low years. Here's an email from David. Hey, Norm, Randy, and Rob. Do you know the last names of Norm, Randy, and Rob, Adam? Those are the nasty boys. He gave it to us, but... Charlton. Mm-hmm. Dibble. Yep. Who am I forgetting? Randy Myers, Myers. right? Myers. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. 12-team uh, standard head-to-head points league. I need to start three outfielders for week one. Piscotti is a lock. I need to start two more. Okay, the first one you're going to start. A.J. Pollock, we're starting him. You're going to start the first two. Yasiel Puig or Jason Hayward? He also said David Dahl, but Dahl's going to be on the DL. So Puig or Hayward? Yasiel Puig. Mm. <laughs> Could be a matchups thing. Who's got the matchups? Right, well, you both play seven games. I'm I, looking at that now. Hayward does wait, get that Brewers rotation the second half of the week. Puig is banged up right now, isn't he? I am pretty sure. But Puig gets the Padres rotation to start the week. 
and then the Rockies rotation at Colorado. After that, okay. I need to see Jason Hayward like hit Puig's at Coors. It's the session's over. Yeah. Also, you. Oh, okay. You Puig's need to Coors? see. Yeah. Yasiel Puig was banged up, but he's been playing in games over the last week. Right. You need to see Jason Hayward prove he's, yeah, a major league caliber hitter again. Uh, okay, here's from Jeremy in Cincinnati. I feel like I've listened to 90% of the podcast since January. I've never heard the name Max Kepler mentioned. What's up with that? What do you say about Max Kepler? I don't know what to say about Kepler. Like, cause I, <laughs> How I mean, inspiring. He, was, he, like, he, came, he looked like Nick Marcakesy in the minors, but he was rated as a higher prospect than that. And then, not to clarify, Nick Marcakis was an awesome prospect too, but he didn't kind of live up to that. Any, anyway, I'm getting lost <laughs> in details. Um, and then he came up, Kepler did, and he was hitting a bunch of home runs and, uh, and then he wasn't, and then he wasn't doing the Nick Marcakis. He thinks he did in the minors either. So like, who is he? I don't know. That was a, yeah. I think uh, he, do you draft Max Kepler? No, no, not generally. Did he get, he should have got drafted last night though in a 16 team league. Which I, I would guess he probably did. I would assume he, he would. And, and he's not a bad low end guy in a roto league where you need five outfielders if you have a bench spot in that league i think max kepler should be drafted there is some upside yeah. even if the power last year was sort of a mirage but i'm taking judge over him i'm taking the shields over him i'm taking renfro over him like there's always somebody else who i can get behind more last email john in boston dear six four six two five seven and four eleven those are our heights <laughs> who's four eleven you Am I shorter than Chris? That, that could be the, the heights of the Astros infield. Uh, it could be. Am I shorter than Chris? Oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Stand up. <laughs> Let's do this. This is great podcast. Uh, I'm shorter than Chris. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You're 4'11". <laughs> I'm 4'11". Uh, head-to-head categories league with OBP. I need a catcher. Vote Cervelli, Rupp, Hedges, Darno. Uh, vote for safety. I'm going Cameron Rupp. Darno I'm voting for, for Darno. Scott, go ahead and take hedges. Um, then we help Scott him. Yeah, not at all. Scott for always upside, hedges. For upside, I'll say hedges. But okay, vote so. is the safe one, yes. Uh, or right. Rupp. Rupp and Voter vote both kind of safe. Okay, great. So you're welcome, John. <laughs> Who's your favorite analyst? <laughs> well, this has None been of a, us after that. This has been a fun offseason, huh? Yes, it's been great. We're ready, to, ready for the grind. Finally over. Yeah, get those lineups set. And uh, good luck, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Don't go anywhere because your season's not over yet. It doesn't end after the draft. We're going to help you out so much during the season. Let's rock and roll. Meant to give the listeners a shout-out that were in the drafts last two nights. They did a fantastic job. They did. And the chat rooms were fun, too. Great great chatting, guys. Really enjoyed it. <laughs> you don't even know. Get out of here. All right. Later, everybody. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday.